Hi, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of The Hit Streak. Check it out. I got to give a big shout out to my show sponsor, my friends over at AVLX. I also have to give a big shout out to Charles Henry and Ace Young, the amazing performers and producers of the music behind the show, as well as the amazing people that make up the Hit Lab creative team who are the producers of the show. Folks, I have a favor to ask. If you like what you hear, and I know you do, click that subscribe button to make sure you get alerted when new episodes are dropped. Thanks for tuning in. The real success stories told by the people who live them. We're going to have some guests on this show that everybody knows, and we're going to have guests on this show that nobody knows yet. One by one, Nick Heider is adding hits to the hit streak. Blessings, folks. Welcome back to another episode of The Hit Streak. I'm your man, Nick Heider, and I have got an extra special treat in the house for you today. Um, not only is he a friend of mine, but uh, this guy is a husband. He's a father. He's an accomplished musician, songwriter, producer, director, business owner, marketing expert, real estate professional. This guy does it all, and he's amazing at all of them. Welcome to the house, Joshua Smith. How you doing, baby? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. So, dude, that was a laundry list <laughs> yeah. of things that I, I rattled off right there, right? Now, um, a lot of people can say they do things as hobbies. That's not tr- the case here, right? No, I have hobbies too. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just what I do, you know, day to day uh, uh, to keep, keep me busy. I well, suppose. you are... Good at all of them. So, um, first of all, I, I, I like to take people back a little bit, right? Sure. To talk about how you got to where you are, um, the the relationship that that we have. I've been fortunate enough that I have personal relationships of all my guests on the show um, so far. But um, let, let's. So, first of all, you are a, a a husband to a literally a supermodel, right? So, how'd you do that? <laughs> I got really really lucky. Uh, it, uh, and, and I was a lead singer of a band at the time, which I think helped some, uh, but now Ginger, Ginger and I met through a mutual friend of ours, actually a guy that was kind of helping to manage some, some things that I had going on at the time. Uh, and, uh, he introduced us and we headed off, you know, and it was around the time that I was moving from Los Angeles to here. We actually met in LA. We happened to end up back in Nashville around the same time, uh, by coincidence, maybe I don't believe in coincidences. Uh, right. But, uh, you know, the rest is history. Here we are. We've got the, the two boys at home, two dogs and a cat as well. It's, it's kind of a full house. That's right. And you guys live, um, what part of, uh, it's outside of Nashville. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're near Old Hickory Lake. So we're in Old Hickory now, about to turn that house into a rental purchasing house in Hendersonville, actually. So, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So, um, and um, got and the, the, two, the two boys, how old are they? I got a four-year-old. And I got a five-month-old. Well, is he getting six months almost? Almost there. I know he's he's right behind our almost nine-month-old daughter. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So um, if we look if we look tired, we are. It's exactly <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> if we look tired, we are. So um, well, uh, we got a lot to talk about today, um, including you have a uh, a documentary that um, we're going to talk a lot about that. But it's been it's it just was released on Tubi like literally over the weekend, right? 
Yeah, this past weekend, uh, it was it was released for streaming online. Um, it's been through a film festival circuit for the last year, uh, and uh, finally got the distribution deal together. And it was sort of a last minute thing. I, I was I was notified of it literally. I think I texted you about it last Thursday, and that's exactly when I found out <laughs> that it was going to go live. Uh, but it'll probably end up on some other video on demand streaming services too. Right, right, right. Now it's just on Tubi. That is that's fantastic, and it's called Home on the Road. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about that in a little bit because um, that's a big deal. It is. It's a it's a major accomplishment for me. Whenever you're doing any kind of especially uh, personally focused documentary, uh, it was a it was a nine year project for me, uh, and it's wow. and those things last a. Uh, a long time for pretty much anybody that I know that I've talked to that has done this type of, of project. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to, you know, be able to give it a seat, a home somewhere to go to. So you, um, I mentioned you were a musician and, and, and a performer. Um, you just got back from Chicago where you were performing up there and, uh, it was a Jeff Buckley tribute, right? Correct. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Like that was, how many nights did you play? Um, so they had they they booked two nights in a row. The first night sold out like within the first twenty four hours, I think. And then uh, it was at the venue where Jeff uh, had he got like an audience choice award or something like that oh, for cool. for one. I forget exactly what the award was. Uh, but the owners friends with Jeff um, and and they've been doing it literally since the year he passed away. They've been doing an annual tribute there. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was the twenty fourth year wow. and uh, family endorsed. You know. Um, and, and, uh, it was a really cool thing to be a part of. It's actually the third one that I've done, uh, the third Jeff Buckley tribute that I've done. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So you, and as a, as a producer, um, musician, songwriter, I mean, you've, you, you've performed with anybody and everybody, I think at some point, a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and you've produced some stuff. I know you've done some work with, uh, with or for Prince, well, so yes, yeah, so Prince sat in with with my band in Los Angeles. How cool is that? I mean, I don't know if I can cuss on the show, but it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you know, you I prefer that we don't, but when we talk about right. Prince, you totally can. It. I mean, <laughs> I mean, dang, <laughs> you have levity when it comes to Prince. Yeah, sure. Um, you've done uh, production work for for Naomi Judd. Yeah, we I produced a, a press kit, an EPK for her. Um, went and went and shot with. Uh, with she and then and she's so funny. She has she she's creates personal relationships with everybody that she works with. So ended up going to her Halloween party afterwards. I met Ashley there. Um, uh, but yeah, it's that was a anyway. Sorry, that, that just brought back a wave of memories I wasn't expecting. But yes, oh dude, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like everything that I'm bringing up right now, we could shoot a whole show. Just right? Those. Yeah, those are, these are all tangents. We're going to try to avoid. Um, you did um, one of the most recent things that that I saw was um, the the. The, the gentleman, this, the, the, the guitar that... Um, oh, Steve Warner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was a beautiful project, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, well, Steve, I mean, it was such a personal uh, accomplishment for him uh, to have been able to design that guitar uh, with Gretsch. And, and uh, he's such a sweet guy, too. We shot that at his home studio. Oh, cool. Yeah, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, so we did... That was, that was actually at his home studio, and, and uh, his son was a part of the video, did, did the, uh, like, the rock. Um, oh, yeah samples and things yeah so um yeah that was fun actually the guy that i co- co-produced that with uh, anthony leo he's with 800 pound gorilla records now um mm-hmm. but i love that name by the way <laughs> yeah they're awesome it's a comedy label 
Um, and uh, they do a, a, a slew of other things. But Anthony was a co-producer on the Home on the Road documentary as well. Awesome. So I wanted to just kind of throw the, a couple of those things out there. Sure. Um, just because now I got your attention, right? <laughs> um, this dude's the real deal. And, uh, but now I want to tell a little bit about how, how I met him. Because when, when, when I met you... It was at the. It was probably like the fourteen hundredth time that I had reinvented myself into something new, and um, uh, just physical appearance alone. When I look at pictures of you and I back in like two thousand fifteen, I think is when it was. It was, um, it, was around, it had to have been, yeah. Um, but um, I, I knew I fell in love with the guy at that point in time because we were doing a um, a project together, a charity project for uh, my dad and I's nonprofit, Sandlot Sports. Um, a movie in the park series um, called the Shelby Park Picture Show, in which you were um, introduced to me um, by Chuck and Lisa of the East Nashville, and I'm so grateful for them to do that, for doing that, and um, met you as the you were the show executive producer of that thing, right? Correct. Yeah. And um, little did you know that obviously they're good, um, but I was not, and you were basically on your own, and you were having to train me as we went, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but we did two seasons of that. We did two years of that show. We did two two successful years. We did a good job with that show. I feel like you know, it definitely achieved what goals we had. I learned so much about um, live event. I, now remember, I had come from um, AV, the AV production world, live AV, AV production world. I'd come from the hospitality industry, owning nightclubs and stuff. I think I learned more um, from that series than I did on anything else because dude you were shooting you know how at the beginning of the uh, the movie there's all the commercials and stuff like that oh yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. we had sponsors and you made those i did yeah yeah armstrong real estate i remember was was the big one um mm-hmm. and then but yeah i mean we shot a, a commercial for you actually we sure did um yeah every, every, all the all the videos that we aired prior to each show were all self-produced that was incredible it was incredible and the the playbills Mm-hmm. Um, you did, you attached a drone to a car. It was a, a it was a GoPro. A GoPro. Yeah. 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 We, we took, yeah, that it was just, you know, taking any idea again, it goes back to just how do you market something to get to the right people? Right. So we wanted to show that it was like right down the road from some of these local neighborhoods at Shelby park. And also we needed to show where it was in the park. Mm-hmm. So I, I attached the the GoPro to the front of my. I think I was driving a Prius at the time. <laughs> just drove. That's right through the park straight to where the show was, and then I think, and then I think it segued into. I got out of the car and walked up and grabbed a handbill from one of the girls that was volunteering. Mm-hmm. It was all part of that video. Yeah. Well, we're up. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. We're up to something. We're up to something new. We are. And um, what we're doing right now um, that we're going to kind of like leak and unveil because we haven't really done, talked about it yet is all stems from that series back then because I was so amazed because your company, True Source Entertainment, um, was basically the a godsend for that. That, that. that thing wouldn't have happened without it, without you and that mm. in your company, you know what I'm saying? So I was so blown away by the quality of everything that you did. What we're doing now, literally six years later, it took that long stems all the way from the inspiration that I got um, during that time, as well as um, you were recording some awesome stuff um, musically. Mm. Sure. Thank you. So um, that was, that was the other thing. And so you see, you hear this guy talk and you look at him, 
wait till you hear him open his mouth. You need to listen to him sing because it doesn't doesn't sound like that. It's crazy. <laughs> so much soul, so much funk, man. It's awesome. Mm. I freaking love it. Um, Fiona, you got to hear it if you haven't yet. You know what I mean? <clears throat> All right. So um, you have uh, you've worked as, as as we mentioned before, um, the founder of uh, of an advertising marketing agency, True Source Entertainment. Um, and uh, you're the founder of a real estate group um, called the Home Agent Group. Correct, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you have helped brand and voice the messages of so many startups, um, other artists, and small businesses while continuing work on your own crafts, music, film, photography, family, like the whole nine yards. I mean, you built the, you built websites. Like, dude, you do it all. You do it it's, all. It's true. <laughs> you do it all. I, well, and you so- do them well. Well, thank you. I, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of, just so people, again, we talk about context, you talk about history so that people understand you can't just like walk out the door and start building websites. For example, you, you kind of have to know how to do something with that. So, you know, that's just one good example that, that's a through line from when I started playing music, I needed a website. This is back in MySpace days, mm-hmm. started a MySpace page, learned how to HTML code just so I could customize my banners. Cause you couldn't just upload a banner image back then you had to, do you remember MySpace? I do. You remember having to do that crap? Like, I do. And, and I had to put in like a SoundCloud, you know, embedded players and things like that on my MySpace page. I think back mm-hmm. then they didn't have music players. That's right. Anyway, so that was my first exposure to doing any kind of web stuff. But then I learned WordPress and was coding WordPress websites pretty much right away because I needed a real site. But again, out of necessity and out of uh, an inability to pay other people to do some of these things, I had to become an expert in my own regard to be able to achieve what what standards I had for my own stuff. And then that... There it is. <laughs> and then that, that grew into uh, really spawning what True Source Entertainment became as a production company. Uh, Plan Left became as an advertising company that I helped my brother start. Uh, and now, you know, Hit Lab and, and, and all of the various things that I've done, including the real estate company, is all based around all of these different resources that I've had to develop and manage and maintain over time to be able to continue to do what I've been able to do. So a lot of our audience is um, entrepreneurs, mm. business owners, folks that dream of being entrepreneurs and business owners. And what you just said is so important. And um, honestly, that's a that's a whole show in itself. But like, all the th- you learned how to do all these things out of necessity, right? And one of the most valuable things that you taught me back in the day is as a like one of the biggest mistakes young business owners and entrepreneurs make is you have a choice: do it yourself, learn to do it yourself, or, or pay somebody that knows how to do it for you, right? Right. And most entrepreneurs don't take the risk of learning it, but they don't pay for the quality. Right. Of somebody good. And you taught me that very early is like, this is what anybody that's below this rate for what you're asking, you're not going to get what you want. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So you like pay for, you pay for what you get. Right. Right. So, um, and that's when you look at, now nothing's going to be perfect. Um, I think Steve Jobs said, if it's perfect, when you release it, you waited too long. That's probably true. But at the same time, like, if it stinks, it stinks. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, the most important choice that an entrepreneur can make, 
and and I use that term to describe someone who is already one or someone who's trying to become one is the you have to decide early on what your standards are going to be right mm. you, you have to know uh, uh whenever you make a decision about what your whether it's a logo or it's an email that you're going to send out to your audience you have to know what standard you're setting because uh, that's that's the bar from which you're going to operate from then on. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, from a video production standpoint, it's a great example. I know a lot of artists and managers and uh, people in the music community that will hire, you know, Joe, Joe run and gun over here for 500 bucks to do a video. And it's become a standard for labels like modern modern day major music labels to pay very little money for this production to to go out. And there are a lot of people that can produce great quality products at that rate but it's not sustainable. Right. You call back three months later, or that guy goes looking for that same videographer three months later, they found another way to make more money, better money. Uh, and, and so it's a constant turnover. And if you're trying to do something on your own and you're bootstrapping something, it's better to jump into and know and be able to set an expectation for yourself according to your standards for what you need that production quality to be. Right. And if that means that you gotta learn out and go learn and go out and do it yourself, I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people who's had to learn how to delegate, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I own multiple operations at this point, Yeah, but I don't do the day to day operations right. for those things typically. Uh, and, and the reason is that I'd be stretched way too thin and I'd never see my kids. Never see you know your kids. I mean? And the quality would not. And the quality would suffer greatly because I've done that before too, mm-hmm. you know, and that goes, that goes for me, that's, that's all a part of the standard conversation. Right. It's not just standards about what you're going to produce for yourself and what you need your brand to be. It's also the quality product that you're producing as a result of how far you're stretching yourself thin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Another thing, I don't know if you remember saying this to me, but um, a lot of the logos that I have today, you created those for me. Right. Um, including my own Nick Hyder logo, the NH logo. And we were working through it. And I basically was just like, yeah, just kind of throw something together, you know? And, uh, and you said, and you basically said to me, you said, dude, like three years from now, will you be happy with it? And that made me stop and think for a second. I was like, well, what do you mean? Because you said, well, what we put online is going to live there. It doesn't go away. Right. Exactly. It, it's extremely permanent. It, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and we, we live in a world of, of things flash before your eyes. Yeah. Right. So people forget the permanence of, of these conversations, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it is, it's a, it's an ongoing conversation you're having with your audience for everything that you put out there. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of artists tend to overthink that creatives tend to overthink, Oh God, well, this is going to live out there forever. I also had a, a, a mentor and guy that I worked with who, who played keys for everybody. who was Miles Davis, MD and Alanis Morissette's MDs. One of the best jazz pianists in the world, Darren Johnson. Oh yeah. And Darren, (laughs) we were in the studio together producing a record. And one thing he said to me about that, he said, I was like, well, I mean, it's gotta be right, man. Like you got it. And he said, he said, Josh, just lay it down and walk away from the microphone. He said that what you do today is going to be so different from what you're going to do in 20 years. It doesn't matter. This is just a timestamp. Every record you produce is just one timestamp right now. So on that note, Let's make sure our, 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 our folks understand what we're saying. So it doesn't have to be 
per, it's not going to be perfect when it first happens, but it's got to sure. be good enough that you get the opportunity to do it again. A hundred percent. And show the evolution, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, again, it's all about, I, I mean, maybe a better word is self-awareness, you know, like know, know what you're, what you're setting a bar with everything that you put out there. Mm -hmm. Right. So where do you want that bar to be? Look at your competitors, look at your peers, look at the people that, that you want to emulate and what's the bar they've set, right? Mm -hmm. If you can't afford a $50,000 video, then don't shoot, don't shoot for that. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, there are movies that are shot on iPhones now. That's right. Right. I actually do walkthrough videos. I probably shouldn't say this, <laughs> but, for, but I will do a walkthrough video. I bought I bought an iPhone 12 Pro specifically because I looked mm -hmm. at the specs for this phone and I knew that I could shoot walkthrough videos with this phone. Yeah, it's a, it's an incredible camera. It's an incredible camera. It's got three of them. You yeah, see, those those are all. I don't know if you, yeah. Those, those are three cameras on that phone. That's right. And so the wide-angle perspective I can use to shoot a walkthrough video. Well, it's okay that you said that because, like, you could put the same uh, camera that they're shooting the next big blockbuster with in, in an amateur's hand, and they're not going to know what to do with it. So Right. So, I mean, obviously... Actually, that's a, that's a funny point that you make because we just ran into this issue with one of my listings. Okay. My wife is helping to promote a listing. And she put it up online and people were telling, were calling it a scam because she wasn't the real estate agent and she was posting about it and she had to clarify, no, no, my, my husband's the real estate agent. Oh, but these photos are too good. This has got to be a scam. She's like, no, my, well, my husband's a photographer. I took all those photos and I did that entire thing with my phone because I was in such a rush. Mm -hmm. I didn't have time to go home and get a camera. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, it, it does, it does, you know, you do have to know how to use the equipment. Absolutely. But. You don't have to buy a $50,000 camera mm -hmm. to shoot that video if you, if you know how to do it. That's know? right. That's right. Well, it's um, like, there's no excuses, folks. <laughs> there's no excuses. Learn how to operate the gear. You got it in your hand. It's, yeah. it's time to rock and roll, baby. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess the, point, the point is that there are ways to get there. Yes. Right? It's all about the decisions that you make. You set the bar, and then you make the choices that will achieve those goals. That's right. That's right. Mm. That's a good one. All right, so let's talk a little bit about, um, obviously, um, music, songwriter, producer, director, marketing expert, um, real estate professional, business owner. There's probably a few things that these things all have in common, right? That, that, that's why you're good at all of them, right? So obviously, all of them are going to have a brand, a brand message, a brand image. They're all going to have probably like a website and certain things like that, right? So like, you didn't know I was going to go this direction, but like, what are a couple things that like, um, that like all, so I talk to my, my team members about this all the time. Um, they're always asking, how do you know what makes, how do you know what makes a good business? I'm like, well, the easiest thing to do is no matter what the business is, they're all great businesses are going to have certain things in common. Just like no matter uh, what makes a house, a house is what makes it a house, right? So, um, there's no matter what size, shape or location of a house, it has certain things that make it a house that qualify it as a house. Right. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that stand out to you that you pay attention to, um, that make anything, any new venture successful? Mm. Well, you know, one of the things that I, that I've probably always talked about, uh, cause it's a common, I, I'm, I'm thinking about when I consult with other businesses, business owners like yourself, 
you know, when we got started, the one thing that I had to make sure that, that we were doing was delivering a consistent message that met the bar that we were trying to meet. Um, and, and we were also, um, uh, you know, um, hitting the audience, finding the needle in the haystack mm-hmm. with whatever messaging we were doing. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. And, and I think that that's the chemistry that works for me, at least every time, you know, you can, you can, if you, especially if you, if you don't want to just <laughs> throw a hundred grand at a brand yeah, to see if, you know, anything you throw at the wall is going to stick. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the way to, to play that game smarter is to make sure that you're delivering a brand that's always speaking to the audience you want to speak to. Mm. Your messaging is always talking to the to the person mm. in that audience that you're trying to get to listen to you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and then and and every choice that you make is a choice that's going to help you know uh, take a step forward. You know, uh, in terms of of getting that message to those people. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. So, no matter like. Again, you can do as many things as you want as long as you know what the foundations that, that are required to make those things good. Um, as long as you know what those things are every time you do one and you expand, you can maintain that quality across the board because just like you said, um, quality control is probably um, when people do expand, I call out the 70-30 rule. Mm. Um, you know, whenever you um, whenever you give, uh, give opportunity or um, leadership or management, a management role to somebody else, it's going to be 70% as good as you would do it. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and just plan for that. Yeah. Plan for that. So you can maintain your quality. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, proof is always in the pudding, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Anytime trying to sell anything, that's what people are looking for. Give me the, show show me the, show me your proof concept, right? That's right. But if proof is in the pudding, well, the pudding gets made the same way every time. You just have different flavors. That's right. Right. So consistency, I think is key. Absolutely. All right, so do you want to talk a little bit about real estate or the uh, or the documentary first? Uh, I mean, you you choose whatever sounds like more fun. Well, I mean, real estate is <laughs> amazing. I love it. Um, yeah. My wife and I do it too, and that's yeah. something that um, you and I are um, working on together as well. But um, I mean, how many people? have a documentary that, uh, that like you have right now, that's being streamed and doing all those things. Let's talk, let's tell the folks a little bit about that because they need to go check it out. Um, so I, cause I know you started filming it in LA, ended up in Nashville. Um, my favorite cover image on a movie ever with you in the golf cart is <laughs> that's when I fell in love with it the first time, because I don't, you don't, you've only golfed a couple of times anyways. Right. So I've literally played one game of golf in my life. <laughs> We're going to fix that. <laughs> no, we, we are. We've, we've talked about it. We've threatened plenty of times. So we'll tell the folks about the documentary. Sure. So, well, it's, it, so it, the, the scope of the documentary talks about, it's basically a day in the life of, of an artist okay. and, and that could be any artist, but you know, as a musician, as that being my main craft, I, I, um, it started in Los Angeles, Los Angeles, because that's where I was at the time. Um, I had, that year, just to kind of give you an idea of of, of sort of a, a string of events that occurred, right? I was I had been an artist for four years. I slept on couches and floors, mm-hmm. uh, and and was playing shows. That was during the time that that Prince sat in with the band. 
that we gained a lot of notoriety, a lot of press, and did a lot of different things. And then as we uh, moved uh, forward and kind of progressed and did different things, and uh, I ended up spending a lot of time on nonprofits, and so I spent a lot of time not making money mm -hmm. uh, doing what I loved, uh, but I was still doing what I loved. Um, but it, in 2011, I got nominated for an Emmy for a, a song that I did for The Young and the Restless. And, and, uh, that was a really cool experience, but then they, they sent me, I, I was talking to uh, Tracy, my friend on the show to find out how I could go to the award show. Like, how do I get into, I'm nominated. Like, how do I get in? Do I get like an invitation or something? She's <laughs> like, yeah, it's like 2,500 bucks a seat, you know? And I could not even afford my rent at that point. I didn't know how I was going to afford a, a ticket, a $2,500 ticket to go to an award show that I was <laughs> nominated <laughs> for. <laughs> exactly. So. So it, it just, a, a light went off. Like I just, I basically, I was like, you know what, man, this is not, I, I've got to figure out a way to lay a better foundation if I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing here. And I had been tossing around the idea of doing this documentary for a couple of years. Uh, we had, we had actually talked about initially doing it as a, as a homeless musician, uh, because I wanted to support and give some kind of awareness and, and donate to homeless shelters across the, the country. The, the homeless situation in Los Angeles was getting really bad and I had a heart for it. So I was going to try to do something to help and use the music and use the platform as a way to get there. Mm -hmm. um, but that conversation just sort of fizzled out. So as I was trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do back in 2011, 2012 hits, I decided to just go start talking to some people, raise a little bit of money, I'm going to leave Los Angeles. I'm going to go back to Nashville, which is where I, I'm from here. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and I was going to film the cross country trip and just show like, this is how you bootstrap uh, a tour and how a guy like me gets on the road, plays shows and, and raises awareness for his music. And, and just, I just wanted to start documenting the trip and figure it out as I went, which is basically what I did. Yep. Um, raised some money, got some money for Music Cares, which is a, a Grammy organization, um, and and just drove from uh, Los Angeles to Nashville with a buddy of mine who was helping to shoot. <laughs> we broke down like five times because my car couldn't make the trip. That's in the that's, <laughs> that's in, in the, the doc. That's yeah. in the documentary. And then I started asking people along the way, like one burning question I had for myself at the time was what in the actual, what does success mean? Mm -hmm. mm. Where am I? I was trying to figure out where my bar was at the time. And I didn't even know that that's, that was a thing at, at that point, but I was learning a lot and growing a lot and figuring out, okay, where am I going? What does success look like? I didn't know how to answer that question. So I asked everybody I met along the way what success meant to them. Wow, hold on a second. We gotta give you one right there, baby. <laughs> and as we went, as the the you know, you get a lot of those standard responses, but as you watch the documentary, you realize like there's a little bit of an arc that occurs through these answers and through the realization that occurs in a in a in a uh, a situation like I was in. Yeah. But from, once I got to Nashville, I got the invite to go to New York. So I continued the trip on up to New York. Uh, we played a, a show for Fashion Week up there and met with the record label. That's a big deal. It, it was a big deal. It was fun. Um, and then and then we got to um, uh, work on a record that we had started in Los Angeles the year prior and never finished. Uh, Darren Johnson mm -hmm. and, and Andrea Ramonda, his his partner in crime, um, and 
So all of that's in the documentary. It's that whole journey. But then it also continues because that's just 2011, 2012. Right. 2013, I started a company with my brother. 2015, we did our thing and, and True Source Entertainment kind of bumped up and, and was doing a lot more. Uh, and then, you know, by the time I finished the documentary, I'm 100% self-employed. I've got a kid. I've got another one on the way when I finished it. Uh, Sterling hadn't been born yet. Um, but so much had changed. And so much about my life was different. And I understood. I knew how to answer that question by then. Right. You know? And so it was just time to put a bow on it and ship it out, you know? Uh, and, and that's kind of, in a nutshell, if I had to describe what it is and what it does, that's the documentary. So correct me if I'm wrong. Well, first of all, you talked about bootstrapping. Like, I, I talk to, I work with so many young business owners that, they, they just, you know, when you first start motivation, you're excited, you're optimistic, then you get kicked and knocked down. And then that's when that third level is when most people quit. When, if they fight through it, then they get a little, mo- uh, they get a little bit of, uh, um, momentum. And then, and then that's where they they find their success on the other side of that momentum. Um, like when I, in 15, when I met you, you were, there was Kickstarter campaigns. You were still funding this thing. I mean, this is years. Oh, sure. Years later. Mm-hmm. Um, you just said you figured out what success was. How many years did it take you to define that for yourself? Well, I think, because I think success is a destination. For, for me, it's a, de- a destination. Right. That's what I, it's kind of what I was going to say is what I figured out was that day to day is the reason the documentary. I realized that it really is about a day in the life of an artist Mm -hmm. because day to day, that's a moving target. Yeah. I I remind myself, I remind my wife and anybody I'm working on anything with, all we can focus on is what's the next step is. Right. You want to know what your five-year goal is and what your 10-year goal is, but if you're going to get there, you have to focus on right now Mm -hmm. and pay no attention to what happened five minutes ago. You know, like it's, that's got to be in the past. The windshield is huge and the rear view mirror is so small. (laughs) So small. Right. You know, but it's 2020. I mean, you can see clear as day through that. You sure can. You sure can. (laughs) But if all you do is look backwards, you're going to hit something going forwards, right? That's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Mm, That was a good one. I'm good. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, it's a, um, and so that thing is, is, is streaming on, is streaming on Tubi? That thing's available on Tubi now, yeah. That's 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 amazing. We were looking um, um, over the holidays, you know, doing all the Christmas shopping and everything. And Tubi's now um, it's built into most smart TVs. Um, I, I mean, this is a big this is a big deal, people. Yeah, it, it's a big deal. It's a whole thing. That's right. It's a whole yeah, thing. It's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, folks, like we said. Um, it, we, I mentioned that success is a destination. Well, the destination mm-hmm. is forever changing too. Um, yeah. you know, and, um, cause life changes and, um, you know, every year our families grow and get a little bit older and, and, and what we want, our wants and needs change and, and all that kind of stuff. And we were talking about a lot in the past episodes about the difference between, um, uh, being, uh, being rich versus being wealthy. And I always tell mm-hmm. people that rich, ha- rich defines money, wealth defines time. And so for me, I have a, a, a success, a destination of success that makes me rich. And I have a destination of success that makes me wealthy. And I think the wealth part comes after the rich part, because I think that's what money does. It just buys you options. Mm. 
You know what I mean? So, or, yeah. and which, which op, one of the options you can buy is time. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, especially, and, and you can relate to this, you know, once you have uh, a, a family, you know, and, and families aren't for everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. But for me, you know, growing this family, my main concern is time. That's right. You know? And That's so right. for me, it's all about being able to, uh, uh, can I afford enough time to take my kids to see some in-laws, you know? There you go. There you go. And with the pressure that comes from, like, you're not asking anybody for anything. Nobody's giving you, and nobody's saying, hey, man, here's your Christmas bonus. Right. Here's this and that. Like, if you want to take a vacation, you know what your target is, and you just go make it. You earn it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and, and that was one of my main goals over the last, uh, really the last 20 years, but in the last 10, I've, I, I'm, I, it, it took me a while to, mm-hmm. to figure out how to be 100% self-sustained, self-employed. Somebody was um, at our house over the holidays asking, you know, how much time do we take off? And and it was, um, my wife uh, responded with, we don't take days off, we take we we take time off, right? Not days. Um, mm. And the best way, they were like, well, what do you mean? And I get asked that question a lot. So I'm a husband and a father. I'm a husband and a father right now, right? I'm just not being one right now. We're podcasting. We're shooting an episode. Sure. And um, just like when I go home tonight and I'm being a husband and a father, I'm still a business owner. So if something happened, an emergency happened, just like right now, if I got the call that, hey, something's happened to one of the kids, we got, you need to get here, I would say, hey, guys, I'm sorry, I got I got to go. Just like I would do at home if something, if the building caught on fire or something like that happened. You know what I mean? And that's, mm-hmm. that's the biggest um, mindset paradigm shift that has to happen amongst people that go from, I mean, as a... As a, as a school, a, a kid in school, you're treated a lot like an employee. You're told when and where and basically how much, right? And then you get out in life and it's just natural to fall right, stay in that pattern, mm-hmm. you know? So controlling that time um, and understanding that like days off is something somebody gives you. You can give it to yourself, but do you need to? Mm. Like, I don't need the day off from my family. Right. Some people may. <laughs> they shouldn't. <laughs> but they may. I know you don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, I, it, I don't even know how to describe what we're talking about, but 100% agree. Absolutely. It, it, it's, it, it was one of the problems that I, my, my wife says I have a real problem with authority. Because I hate people telling me when and where and, and how, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when it comes to what I'm doing. Because I've always been a self-managed kind there of person, go. you know. There you go. Uh, you have to have the the drive, mm. you know, mm-hmm. not only to want to work and manage y- yourself and your time, yeah. Um, uh, but to to want to have the availability to those as resources. There you go. You know, your time, your availability, uh, your money. Yes, those aren't your resources. That's right. If you're not making them yourself. That's where we were going, baby. Right there. <laughs> I love it. All right. So, um, home on the road, 
um, streaming on uh, Tubi. Um, while we're talking about where else you can find some of your work, um, so um, some of your music. Sure. Um, where can they Where can they find some of that stuff before we even get into the real estate and our new projects? Right? Oh, sure, so. sure. Um, dang. Uh, well, so I'm all over Spotify, Pandora, and all the all the places you can typically stream. Um, my main artist profile mm-hmm. currently is uh, Joshua CS, which is my name is Joshua Caleb Smith. So it's just my last two initials. There you go. Um, that's the easiest way to find a lot of the stuff that I've done currently. We just released a couple of songs, uh, with Lamar, Lamar Williams Jr. was featured on one. He's uh, a son of an almond brother. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, he's killer, man. Dude, Lamar's awesome. Lamar's a killer singer. Um, Peter Levin, who, man, uh, Peter just went through a big, a big, he had a heart transplant, had a random heart, uh, heart attack, ended up in the hospital and like had a new heart within a day. Wow. At Vanderbilt. Wow. Like miracle um, wow yeah very recently i don't think he's ever gonna he, he may not ever tour again they're telling him he's, he's got to stay off the road for a while one of the best keyboard players that i that i know of uh, but he was on the record uh you can find that that's that song is called uh, i can hear my train calling mm. um but yeah I, a lot of the artist stuff that i do is more bluesy and soulful if you're into spa music mm. there's a few records out uh an artist by the name of darmanand Okay. You'll see you'll see me levitating uh, in like a rainbow scape, dude. Uh, I've got uh, mindful. Is it mindful meditation? Uh, piano libre. Um, uh, if you really want like a, a full list of of all the different places to find the music, because I'm currently like I just got signed to do, or we're about to sign twenty more songs uh, with with uh, one of eight hundred pound gorillas imprints. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm constantly releasing music still. Yep. Uh, but it just depends on, on, on what you want to hear. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, see the, everything that, I mean, think about all that's going on. Um, mm-hmm. we're about to get into real estate. We're going to talk about how you got your first million dollar deal. Um, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like still putting out music, documentaries, um, producing stuff for world-class artists. Um, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And that just goes to show you going back to the point you made earlier, um, you've had, you've had to learn to delegate and maintain quality folks. It can be done a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It wasn't easy. Lots of bumps in the road. Yeah. Mistakes get made. Yeah. Hills and mountains. That's right. That's right. More <laughs> mountains than anything, right? That's right. Yeah. The funny thing is, is once you climb a mountain in business like that, like we're talking about, and then you look back. Yeah. It, it, all of a sudden it gets smaller and smaller. It does. The view changes every time you reach a peak, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible. All right. Let's get into some real estate because um, living in Nashville, um, they say everybody here is a real estate agent, yet the statistics <laughs> would say that the average real estate agent in Nashville makes like $30,000. So how does that, it just doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. Let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Some of those real numbers, at least the last ones that I looked at, I mean, there's... 40,000 licensees in the state and over half of them are in the greater Nashville area. Mm-hmm. Um, the average real estate agent on, uh, on like the national average is like four deals a year. I think Jeez, 20 to 40,000, somewhere around in there. 30, I guess 30 K is probably right. Yeah. Um, oh, that's poverty. That's uh, yeah. I mean, I made 30 K my first year and I got my license in August. Wow. You know, um, so five months. Yeah. Is that right? August, September. Yeah, five months. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> the <laughs> holiday. The holiday. The holidays are still. Yeah. Wearing off, right? Yeah, um, it, yeah. But that's incredible. Well, it's you know, it, again, it boils down to 
I made the choice because I knew it was going to be a way for my wife and I to get into investments mm -hmm. in real estate. I actually called a, 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 a friend of mine, someone that, I, that uh, I, went to, I took her daughter to prom, actually, um, in, in high school. Mm -hmm. We'd known each other for years. And uh, she became my mentor. Okay. And so I started in, in real estate with a mentor for my first seven or eight deals. Okay. Um, had a really strong first year, really strong second year. This year has just skyrocketed, mm -hmm. um, uh, doubled in volume and sales. Um, got my first million dollar deal this year. Boom. Multi. Um, but I mean, you know, again, it's, it's, I think it's, it's all about knowing what choices you're going to make, which you have to know your goals to know what your choices are going to be. And, and that way you, you have a trajectory, you have a path. If you think getting a real estate license is going to make you a lot of money, don't do it because that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's hard work. Yeah. It's every day. Then especially starting out at seven days a week. Mm. But you know, one of the expectations I set with all my clients and one of the things that I, that I, I do now is I, I, uh, delegate not just how my deals happen. I have a transaction coordinator. I work, I have a team of people. So I have someone that does everything. Uh, outside of the stuff that I do myself. And, uh, but then I also have a, a time frame that I'm available. Okay. Right. So 24, seven, seven, 24, seven, that's seven days a week <laughs> yep. for most agents. But I tell everybody I work with, look, I'm up, I've got the kids in daycare by 9am. So, and then I'm available till about four o'clock. Mm -hmm. Then after that, I'm picking the kids up. I can do phone calls until around five. But then until eight, eight thirty, until the kids are in bed, you don't, don't call me. Right. You know? And then right. after that, I get more work done typically. Uh, that's Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. And then on the weekends, I, I only make myself available for a couple hours a day. Mm -hmm. Um, and I try not to work on Sundays. That's discipline's what that is. Yeah. It's just, and it, it's, it's just transparency. Yeah. It's setting expectations. There you go. Oh. Um, young entrepreneurs, that's the hardest lesson to learn. Oh yeah. You got to know your value and you got to know how to set expectations. And by doing that, you're able to, um, we talk about this a lot in business and, and in sports, how consistency always wins over intensity mm -hmm. because, and, and then the kids are usually like, well, I don't know what that means. Um, and it's like, all right, brush your teeth one time for an hour and then don't brush them for a year. How's your teeth going to be versus brushing them for 60 seconds a day for a whole year. Right. Right. Consistency trumps intensity. Now intense, intense, uh, intense consistency beats everybody. Yeah. Right. Beats everybody. So I would say you're probably, but you, but that's the challenges that you face. So we, um, there's a, 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 a a uh, video of mine on TikTok that's just that's blown up. Some of the stuff people have totally taken it out of context. But the quote is um, that I had shared was, "Life is fair. Everybody's price is just different, right?" So mm -hmm. this is a great example of that. You're competing against real estate agents that can work twenty four seven. Sure, a hundred percent. So that's why it's fair because and your price is just different because you can have exactly what they can have or more. You just have to figure out a different way to get it. A hundred percent. Right, and that's. By what you said, transparency, honesty, consistency, um, managing expectations. Yeah, and that's that's fair too. That's also a fair point because we were talking about resources earlier. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you you still have to be able to meet the same bar that your competitors are meeting, even if you can't afford what your your competitors can afford. That's right. Right. If I <laughs> I get leads every day in real estate, mm-hmm. and I spend a fraction of what other agents I know spend, I pay Zillow for zero leads. My man, you know, I get leads from YouTube. Mm-hmm. I get leads from my other social media platforms, specifically YouTube and Google. Yep. You know, so my website. Yep. The content that I put out there, that's how I get leads. You know, and uh, an, a team member um, mentioned this because in the insurance world, it's it's a, a lot of like real estate leads, a lot of most real estate agents just go straight to Zillow. A lot of there's lead sources, uh, internet lead sources that most insurance agents, they all flock to the same ones. And he looked at me one day and he was like, I feel like he was, he's from Florida. And what's a, what's a lake in Florida? Okeechobee. Is that one? Is that so? Probably. So anyway, let's pretend it is if it's not. So uh, he was like, I feel like thousands of people are fishing out of this, at a Lake Okeechobee. And if you just look across the street, there's an ocean right there and nobody's fishing in it. That's what you just outlined. All real estate agents are flocking to Zillow and you're just like, well, I mean, dang, YouTube's wide open at this point because it's not saturated. Yeah, man. I mean, look, it, it, and to to illustrate that even further, you take an ocean liner out into that ocean by yourself, a 13-foot-long boat. You need nobody else for it with a bucket. If you're fishing for sharks, mm-hmm. bring a, a bucket of bloody fish, throw it out there, promise you're going to bring in a couple of tiger sharks or something. That's right. Right? You just bring to the table what people are looking for. Absolutely. And the ocean's not a scary place to fish in. If you know how to fish in it. That's right. Oh, and you have, um, my, one of my favorite marketing videos or marketing pieces ever. Um, not even done by real estate. Just so happens this was done about real estate is the one you did about what an insurance or what a real estate agent doesn't look like. Um, (laughs) um, we're going to have to feature that link um, after this because they got to go watch it. It just, I absolutely love it. I showed it to the team because we talk about marketing a lot. Nobody can buy from a business that they don't know exists. Right. Right. So um, you have to let people know you're there. And I ask people all the time if, you know, if they go there to look for whatever it is that you do, will they find you? Mm -hmm. You know, when they go there to look, will they find you? And if so, what will they find? And like, but like that, that video is just so um, different. It's opposite of everything else that you see, and I think that was that was on purpose, right? That was your whole uh, yeah, hundred percent. So tell just tell the people describe that what that was, um, that clip that we're talking about. Um, well, it was the first commercial I ever shot for myself, and I actually haven't even updated it yet because it's still performing well. Uh, I need to do another one. Uh, it's unbelievable, but yeah, it's just it's just the concept of like. You know, I, I come from a totally different background than a lot of other agents, uh, I, I assume. I don't know. Uh, I kind of chose to go that route and deliver that message because I think it is different working with someone like me who's not going to who's gonna literally come to, to a listing appointment looking like I look right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Which is awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to be wearing a button down because, dude, I played music. I've been playing music for 25 years. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to dress up in a suit. That's just not who I am. There you go. Uh, and, and, uh. And that's okay. Again, honestly, the whole point of the video was this is if this is how I'm going to be introduced to people, let's go ahead and set some expectations up front. Dude, you know? And it's 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 so well the quality's great. I mean, there's a high five yeah. um in the middle of it's it. It's actually a shotgun or a, what top gun high five. That's right. 
That's yeah. right. Oh, dude, it's so it's so good. Like that's like I love that. That's the kind of marketing I love. Um, yeah. It's it's fun. It's creative. You remember it, mm. which is the point of marketing in the first place. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I tell the agents all the time, the, um, the purpose of marketing is to first, you got to get people's attention and then you got to gain their trust. That's the, the first two things you need to worry about with your marketing. And that one just absolutely nailed it. Just absolutely <laughs> nailed it. It's as good as it gets. I think, um, until you do your next one, I guess. Until we do the next. Yeah, I know. I've got, I've got shoes to fill <laughs> with whatever the next one's going to be. But they're not the type of shoes most real estate it's... agents would wear. <laughs> <laughs> so um all right so um how did you get your first i mean every real estate agent's chasing the million dollar deal sure so um talk about the the journey to that um well there one of the best pieces of advice that i got early on was you know you are most of your business is going to come from your sphere of influence mm-hmm. and your sphere of influence is everybody that you, that you know, um, and, and it expands into those people that know, like, and trust you and, and their sphere. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's all about constantly trying to tap into, uh, your referral base, which is effectively family and friends and people you've done business with. Right. And I have a long history of business, but when I got started in real estate, um, it was all other business. You know, we're talking about the entertainment industry. Well, you had a brand crisis um, because, no, like, I tell the uh, our new agents when they start, um, most companies will say, hey, go the prospect where you breathe, your family, friends, go hit them up. And I'm like, well, they know you're new at this. They should, if they, if they yeah, shouldn't buy from you, exactly. they know you don't know what you're exactly. doing. Exactly. No, that's, that's a great point. You know, actually, I want to, I want to reveal something to you. Mm-hmm. My brand has gone through a very specific planned evolution. So one of the things that happened around the same time I shot that commercial, I I did a button down headshot and I had a business card that was more formal in the beginning, mm-hmm. but the logo was the same and, and all the font choices and everything were what I knew they needed to be long-term. I just had a picture of myself that was a little bit more, Hey, I'm an agent. You know, without the jacket, just a white button down. The following year, I did a picture in the leather jacket and looked more like the video. Mm-hmm. If you notice in the video, I did wear a button down. Yep. And I do have a button down in that photo. But the next round is going to be probably a jean jacket and a t-shirt, you, you know, go. like, or whatever. You know, it's going to be, it's going to continue to evolve in that direction. But again, it's, it's about the point of entry. As a new brand... I got to show some professionalism until I can show some proof in the pudding, right? Ooh, we had um, when you when you look at the early early Steve Jobs, he wore suits mm-hmm. until he didn't have to anymore. Until he didn't have to. That's exactly right. That's, that's the perfect analogy because that that's exactly what it was. That's exactly kind of what my plan has been. At, at, after three years, I'm planning to get my broker's license, and I'm planning on, and that's how long I've had a license for too. You know, like it's it's really not been that long. But I've got, uh, I've got like, you know, uh, plenty of business in the works at this point mm-hmm. that I can go ahead and start making some of these transitions. Um, again, we live in a fast-paced world, so these things don't have to last for that long. That's right. As long as you plan them and phase them, right? That's right. So anyway, going, going to the million-dollar deal, that was sort of a, a part of the whole process is in reaching out to all these friends... And then going and continuing to network, just like I always have, and letting people know, all right, I'm in real estate now. You know me, my business history, so you 
<laughs> so you know what I'm up to. Um, I, I just continued to plant those seeds and plant those seeds. And it's all started to circle back around to a point now where we're friends with uh, some bar owners out of Hollywood mm-hmm. who have been looking for bar locations. And there's a very specific way that they wanted to buy real estate. And uh, I just in working with their attorney and, and one of the main partners um, found a great location here in Nashville for them. We negotiated the deal um, and and uh, got him into this building. And that was my first multi-million dollar contract was working with some friends of ours who we knew from a totally different industry, a totally different past, who know that I can do good, good business. And then working through this deal with them now, they're buying up every three bed, two bath house in the neighborhood they can they can snatch up. So not only did it turn, you know, my first multi-million dollar deal. Yeah. But it's also turned into uh, recurring business. So, all right. Well, that's, that is really, really um, profound in its own way right there, because here we are talking about your friends and family, people that know you know you're new at this. However, if you have built trust in the past due to good work, so when you are, if you haven't had success yet, if you're young in business or you just really like Nick Hyder 2015, like, um, well, we had had success before. We just didn't know how to manage the money. But um, you have, if you're new, there's trust to be earned and your people shouldn't buy from you if because they, they're not doing you any favors if they do. You know what I'm saying? They're giving you a false sure. sense of security. However, if you've had success prior, you can you can draw from that to launch new things, which that's um, that's the great, that's how serial entrepreneurs become serial, serial entrepreneurs is um, they expand. Right, exactly. And, and they yeah. diversify, right? So that was, yeah. that's, there's a difference in um, marketing to friends and family when you're new versus to diversify. And that was what you were doing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So awesome. So, um, your million, so it's safe to say your million dollar deal, but came because of all the quality work you'd done prior. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say so it's it, cause again, it, it boiled down to what relationships I already had. That's right. You That's know? right. And it's all about relationships. A hundred percent. Yeah. Everything's about relationships. You know, it's something that we've also talked about, uh, in both the real estate space and the insurance space is you have agents who will close a deal and, and delete the contact. Yes. You know oh, what I mean? It breaks my heart, man. Yeah. And, and not building that trust and that relationship, it takes time. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I've always said in every relationship, I don't, I don't care if it's a business relationship or a personal relationship. You, you always got to make, some people say two deposits before you make any withdrawal. I think it's three deposits before you make any withdrawal. You yeah. know, they're emotional bank accounts we all carry around with Boom. us. Oh man, I've never heard that before. That's good. But it's, it's, it's really important to, to uh, develop those relationships. And that's so ingrained in my lifestyle and who I am and, and how I deal with people then I, I can't work with somebody that I don't develop some kind of relationship with. Yeah. It might not be lasting, you know, uh, but, and that's okay. Absolutely. It can happen organically one way or the other. I have people I did work with five years ago that have reached out out of the blue randomly mm-hmm. at different points, you know, to do different things. Mm-hmm. And whether it's five years down the road or next year, one good relationship will always amount to recurring, uh, I'll call it reciprocity. 
That's right. Because it's not, it's not just business at that point. It, That's right. Again, it's a relationship, so it's reciprocal. That's right. That's right. So um, we have um, we're we're doing some real estate stuff together in 2022. Yes, sir. And um, I'm gonna bring you back to talk about that. Okay. And in, in depth because. Um, I'm really excited about what we're doing in that space. And um, it's, a, it's a different take, and we're um, kind of leading into um, what we're doing here together at the, uh, at the Hit Lab and with our wonderful Hit Lab creative team. Um, we got some really ex- exciting stuff um, on, the, on the burner, and it's on the forefront, and, and it's years in, years in the making, right? Years in the making. So um, including, I mean... I'm pretty proud of the production of, of this little podcast we got here. Um, right. And it's um, um, Fiona's off camera right now, who is um, basically an executive producer of the show at this point That's and it. doing a phenomenal job. Um, but um, the growth that this show has had just, I mean, in our, uh, we aired 10 episodes in, in 2021 and um, we're, we're, we're looking um, at a, full schedule for 2022 with some amazing folks to come in and be guests on the show. But, um, the, the growth of this thing has been insane. Um, the outreach, not just locally, but like worldwide. And we're talking like, um, around a dozen different countries, um, over half the United States and growing every single time we run another episode. I mean, it's insane the growth of this thing and, and what it's done the ripple effect on everything else that we touch from uh, our insurance insurance agency to, to the real estate, to marketing, you and I have developed and designed uh, CRMs together. Um, I mean, it just, it goes full circle. So what would you, um, and it's, and it's, and, and it's, and it's the background that you had with true source and our work together, do it, doing that, that kind of led to all this. This is something I've always wanted to do, by the way, for, since I met <laughs> you in 2015. Um, what would you say, what would be a great way to, kind of uh, leak and uh, and unveil kind of what we're working on? Oh, man, that's a good question. We haven't really put a whole lot of thought into into how we, we, we want to do it uh, specifically. Um, well, everybody needs marketing. Everybody needs good marketing. There's yes. You have a reputation in person, but now you have a reputation online. You have a digital right. reputation. Right. And both, and one's as important as the other these days. Right. Right. And the thing that... When we did this show, Josh, um, the one thing that... So I went and did a, bunch, a circuit of podcasts first. And and I tracked the engagement on the ones that I was on. And the, the biggest difference that I saw between a podcast that performs well and makes a difference versus one that disappears not long from now is production. Production mm-hmm. value. And um, because that's how you take things seriously, right? So we hired an amazing company in, in Lance and AVLX. Um, to build us a state-of-the-art facility. Um, we didn't, um, I wouldn't have, like, you wouldn't be a part of this if it wasn't going to be good, really, really good. And then we brought in amazing people, um, Fiona Connor and, and and the rest of the crew. I mean, we got good people. We do. We have good people. And and and, and this, this studio as a resource and the plans to uh, expand on this as a flagship resource, you know, um, what we have in the works is something that I think not, it's not, it's not happening at this quality and at this degree uh, to support small businesses, entrepreneurs, anybody with a business that's, that's uh, 
in need of, and may or may not even know that they're in need of, the kind of content generation that can happen in a space like this. Content generation. That's it. That's it. So, all right. Um, there's a lot of people out there would, that might not know what that means. Mm. So let's tell them what content, what does content generation like actually mean? Well, it's, it's exactly what it, what it sounds like. It's generating content. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, going back full circle to the beginning of the conversation, generating content for your brand, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a person or, or a business or what have you, that delivers the message that you're trying to deliver to your audience every time, you know, but then also being able to replicate that at a high volume, mm-hmm. you know, and take one piece of content and make a hundred deliverables, Boom. Of it, you know, that's it. Uh, and, and again, it's the same quality every time. That's right. Whether it's 15 seconds or 15 minutes or an hour, mm-hmm. you know, Brad Lee, the first time I met him, I made a really good living with just high quality marketing static images. Most of them you shot. <laughs> Most of them you were the photographer. And, um, and, and we spun them all kinds of different ways and used them a million different ways. And um, I, I was late to video. I was late to using video because it was like, I didn't make the change because static was performing so well. And the first time I met Bradley... Um, he said, let me take a look at your Instagram. And I had literally zero videos on there at the time. And he basically said, dude, you need video. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like static images. People don't stop in the newsfeed on those. Um, they just keep on scrolling. And, um, he's like, you need video. And not only that, you need quality video with things like subtitles, because most people don't listen to video, watch video with their the sound on. They might be sitting um, in a restroom somewhere or something where they, with their headphones on, or they don't have their headphones and they're just reading the subtitles and stuff like that. So like this show that we're filming right now, that we're shooting right now, there will be uh, multiple clips up to around a dozen or so or more um, little clips that we will produce and, and air and run to, I mean, think about it. You shoot a, They shoot a movie and there's trailers, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. commercials. And then they, they go out and do the circuit on late night TV shows and radio shows and everything else to promote it. Mm-hmm. It's right there for you. You're a consumer of it. Everybody is. We don't pay attention to it, but like, that's a lot of the stuff that we're doing and we're able to replicate Yeah, for the small business. And it doesn't, I, I, we created it because it doesn't, we couldn't find it. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and something that, that again, it goes, it goes, it, it comes back to, uh, what you don't know. There are things in, in life that you know, there are things in life that you don't know. There's a whole world out there that you don't know. You didn't even know you didn't know. Mm. Right. And one of the things that people don't realize is like they make, they cut one main movie trailer, right? Mm-hmm. It, they might cut a long version of a movie trailer, but then they're going to cut like 15 different versions of that trailer to serve a million purposes. Platforms. Various platforms. They got to go vertical format for some, horizontal format for others, mm-hmm. which is landscape and portrait for those that know, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, like it's, you, you have to, you have to be aware that in order to reach different audiences, yeah. You've got to go where those people are. Like I hear so many times, um, young entrepreneurs, I'll be like, Hey man, how's your, I don't know. What did you use? Um, Twitter. I, I don't like Twitter. I'm like, but 
it's not for you. Like the people that might need to do business with you might like Twitter. And if they go to Twitter to find your services, will they find you there? Mm -hmm. So in making something for Twitter versus YouTube versus TikTok versus um, YouTube or Facebook or anything else, or just your website, Mm -hmm. it's all different formats. Yeah. It's all different formats. The same clip needs to be cut like six to 10 different times. Yeah, exactly. Well, and think about it too, man. Why did, why does YouTube now have YouTube shorts? Mm -hmm. I love those by the way. They're great. And and they created a set of rules for the format. It's mm-hmm. got to be vertical. It's got to be under a minute. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they did that? Because Instagram had stories before anybody. Yep. Then Facebook bought them. And now you can do share your stories between Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then Instagram, after TikTok happened, created Reels, yep. right? If they realize that they can hit people using these different formats and that they have to in order to stay on that bandwagon. That's right. You know, Google's not the top most search engine in the world. Google's actually competing with itself. They bought YouTube because YouTube was the second most used search engine. There's a reason these companies buy each other up and do all the same things all the time. That's right. It's because it's what works, you know? That's right. And you, you have to be able to continue to keep up with where you're going to find your audience. Yes. And and how you're going to get to them is by going there meet them there yep so i'm 41 i'm i'm like the last we're we're like the last generation pre-internet yeah right where we grew up in a world without internet so we've yeah. half of our life was without it half of our life's with it right all right so as a parent let's see which one you are okay so um when it comes to screen <laughs> time okay because like this oh, my wife God. and i talk about this a lot yeah. um you know um, my parents would say, oh, they need to get off that thing and they need to be, you know, be physical, be in shape. And all, all that stuff is exactly true. But then Gary Vee on the flip side is going to be like, dude, why are you taking the thing out of their hand that they're going to literally make a living off of for the rest of their life? Like that's where it's going. That's the direction it's going. And it's it doesn't make sense to fight it, but you do need a balance. You do have to have a balance. And health is health and, and mental health is important too. Um, but like, you know, so for us, I find, I find myself, it's hard. Um, my kid got a, a, a gaming system for Christmas. It's one that he's wanted for like literally a year, dude. It was the, it was a, he was so excited to get it. And since he got it, like we, so he wakes up under the tree. It's the surprise. All he wants to do is plug this thing in and play it. Right. And it's like, Hey, go 30 minutes later. Like, Hey, people are coming over, come out here. So the whole first day or two, it's broken up. He can't do it since Christmas day. He's been glued to that thing nonstop. And the old me is like, dude, go outside. It's 75 degrees in December in Nashville. It's weird. That's right. Enjoy it. But at the same time, I'm like, I remember when I got my first Nintendo and I don't think I left that, uh, the, my, like my fingers were stuck to the controller for three days. You know, it's so funny. I remember getting our first Nintendo and I remember waking up super early to go play the Nintendo and my dad was in his underwear playing the damn thing at like five in the morning. That's all, my dad did the same thing. He was, <laughs> yeah. he's a, he's a, it was Top Gun was my dad's yeah. game. That's it. That's <laughs> it. I don't even remember what we had. I think we had like three games maybe. Uh, but no, I, you know, it, it, I, th- there's another, there's another element to the conversation. Okay. Because I agree with, with uh, that. This is how, this is how we make money. Mm-hmm. I'm on the team. All the time. All the time. And I tell my wife, I'm like, look, when I when it's time for me to retire, I'm going to be playing music full time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have somebody else doing the smartphone stuff. Me too. I'm getting a flip phone. 
Me too. <laughs> I might even I might not even have a cell phone. Me too. You might have to page me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I want I want it gone. You know, at some at some point. Yep. But these are our prime money making years, and this is the main tool we have to do that. Yes. So I strongly encourage my kids to learn to use them properly. Absolutely. Know how to use know how to use this ten times better than I can because you'll make ten times what what I have the potential to make. Right. Um. Uh. It, it, it's it's if for me it's about creating opportunities for them. Right. Yes. So mm. that's I think it's a great way to create really good opportunities for them. Now, another thing, I've got a four-year-old who's learning, you know, the finger dexterity, like learning how to motor skills, Mm -hmm. fine motor skills, right? Yep. Um, So I like the idea of of the tablet, and we got him a little game console that actually has all the classic games on it. So it's got, like, everything from Sega, Nintendo, and all the stuff that my wife and I used to love to play. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we got him a game console because he loves Sonic the Hedgehog. That's his big thing right now. My son too. Yeah, Sonic. Totally into Sonic. So, so, but what we do with time is we we make him do uh, like thirty, forty five minutes to an hour of education. So ABC mouse, mm-hmm. you know, and those kinds of, I mean, they've built platforms for this. Absolutely. The reason that they, that it's so accessible and that it, they make stuff for kids. Like they encourage professionals and psychologists and whoever will encourage you to limit screen time for the yeah. kids. Right. Cause it's a brain development problem. There you go. But then beyond that, you're teaching them skills. that are not going to learn any other way. That's right. That if they're left behind on, it's like it's like never learning how to type in school mm-hmm. back in in our day. You know, I remember they used to put the box over my finger, and I would still look up out of the box to type. Yeah, it took me a long time as a professional to learn how to type and not look at my hands. Yep. You know. Yep. Uh, once I figured that out, my productivity went up. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. That's right. So again, it's 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 just providing opportunities for them to learn the things that they really need to learn. Uh, to 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 have great opportunities in life, you know. Passive income, man. Dude, yeah, a hundred percent. Like, l- learn all the ways that you can uh, make money, not not earn it. There you go. Not go out and work for it. Yeah, make it. That's right. You know. That's right, and that's why. Um, in the I feel like the small businesses are the last to get on this. I guess because of the unknown and and because there is no out, great outlets due to that fit their budgets on how to do this. Most small businesses don't spend enough on marketing period. They, they undervalue that. Um, they don't spend even close. Maybe a, they spend a fraction of a percent of probably what they should spend on marketing anyways. Yeah. Um, but if you do it right and, and, and it can live in some of those post get legs and they just keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think everybody needs a podcast. I think, um, I think everybody needs a huge, a huge social media presence. I think everybody needs something in the newsfeed that features them and what they're doing and what they're passionate about multiple times a day, every single day. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. That's what we're doing here. And, um, and, and it's, and it is for everybody and it is for everybody. And we've got the team to do it. And they need to kind of check it out. We we're, we're leaking tons and tons of stuff. There is a website up that's right now that's, that shows a little bit about what we do, which is, um, which is hitlabstudio.com. And, um, there's going to be a whole bunch of social media stuff, um, that's, uh, that's going to be coming out here in the, in the next few weeks to talk about that as well. Very good. So I'm excited about it, dude. I'm, I'm stoked about it as well, man. You know I mean? It's, I've, 
as you know, I've been a part of a lot of different marketing operations teams, activate, you know, a long list of, of various things. This particular project is, is close to home for me because it does utilize production mm. in a way that uh, a lot of marketing companies haven't figured out how to do. Yep. You know, and, and, and don't have an answer for. Yep. When it comes to, you know, how do I generate documentary content, little vignettes? How do I generate these commercials and actually have them uh, meet me in the middle in terms of how much I'm going to spend on this versus how much I'm going to make, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and I think it's, I, I think it serves uh, a lot of, it fills a lot of gaps for me. When they, um, the list of people that um, we've already got commitments to work with, mm. um, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's real good. And the most, and the coolest thing is we were talking a lot about real estate and what we're, and we're going to talk about, um, I'm going to bring you back to talk about what we're doing with that. The reason, um, that, um, that that's going to work is because we're going to outmarket everybody else. It's just going to be better. It's going to be better. And we can help all those other real estate agents should they choose. <laughs> it's a hundred percent true, man. I mean, you know, the, the thing is like, uh, uh, on, on the, on yeah, my mind's going in a hundred different directions oh, yeah. right now. Uh, but no, it's, you know, if everything from us, from one agent, uh, or one person mm-hmm. to a team of people, uh, you know, or a small business to, you know, a hundred agents or a small company, you know, with, with that many employees, there's, uh, this is, this is a, uh, it really is a one size fits all approach. Yes. And the more people you have, the more success you can see, I think, because the more content you can generate and with the distribution resources, the more people you're going to reach. That's it. That's how you do it, man. That is how you do it. All right. So, dude, this has been this has been fantastic. Have we left anything out? I don't know. Let's see. (laughs) I mean, dude, you, we, you've got the cheat sheet. I'm just, yeah. I know, I know. Um, there's, I mean, again, I, I got, I got to, I'm, I'm bringing you back like in the next few weeks to talk about um, some of the real estate stuff that we're doing. Cause it's just, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's just, I, I think what, what makes me the most excited about it is I just like the creation part of bringing things to life, um, bringing yeah. people's visions to life. And um, that was one of the things that inspired me most is um, this movies in the park thing, like, I basically, we basically built the gigantic screen to serve as a scoreboard on the baseball field. And, and what more American thing to do than watch a movie in the outfield of a, of a baseball field. But like there was so much, I mean, the whole product, watching that thing come to life, it, it, it changed something in me. It woke something up Mm. and, um, it's something that I've been extremely passionate about ever since. And, and my wife and I have been extremely blessed. We've done very, very well with digital marketing. Um, especially in the health insurance world, the world of health insurance, um, that has been something that made us different and separated us from everybody else. And quite frankly, it made it easier for, to gain people's trust, um, that way, because we met them where they were in a trusted, reliable platform. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, it's interesting that that's, I mean, I mean, so going back to lead generation or, or any kind of marketing and, 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 and how, uh, what the different types of marketing are, are going to get you as a result. Mm. You know, you can just go buy real estate agents are, are a great example. You can just go buy a, a Zillow lead or a lead from anybody anywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and work those, those cold, they're called cold leads for a reason. You know, you got to work them, you got to warm them up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, or you can put out content that speaks directly to the people that you want to be working with. Mm. You get to choose who you work with, mm. first of all, right? Mm-hmm. And and you you put this content out there to have this ongoing conversation with them. When I get a YouTube lead, they already know so much about... I feel like I'm picking up a conversation from somebody I went to college with. Oh, You know what I mean? It's it's hard to it's hard to compete with that. It's hard to 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 uh, try to find that somewhere else. That's right. You know, and and generating content and then delivering that content to to people. You're what you're doing is you're starting a conversation. That's right. And then the more content you put out there, the more conversation you're having with those people, the warmer those leads get. Especially in in Nashville, um, folks, you're asking people to entrust you in a, in a six figure decision. Mm-hmm. And think about that. Put yourself in their shoes. Right. Like that's a big decision, man. And yeah. like, there's a lot of trust that comes. Yeah. You know, and it, and it doesn't, it's, it's the same decision from someone who has never spent that much money before mm-hmm. to someone who spends that much money on a weekend. That's right. That's right. It's, it's a lot of money regardless. That's right. Of who you are. That's right. You know, that's right. Well, brother, this has been freaking awesome. Um, we covered a lot. Let's uh, let's kind of recap, make sure everybody knows where they can find stuff. So first of all, um, we mentioned uh, you can check out some of our, uh, one of our newest ventures in uh, at hitlabstudio.com. So much more to come on that. You can check out uh, Josh on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at listen, listen to Joshua. Um, you can, uh, True Source Entertainment, that URL is... TrueSourceInt.com. TrueSourceInt.com. Um, beautiful website there. Um, let's see, you can, uh, one of his many uh, performing names, Joshua CS, um, on all streaming platforms. You can check out um, the Home on the Road, oh, oh goodness, Home on the Road documentary yeah. on Tubi, um, which is absolutely phenomenal. It's so cool. Um, I mean, that was literally like, like you said, almost a decade in the making. Mm hmm. Um, fantastic dude. Thank you so much for coming on and hanging with me today. Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a pleasure to, it's always a good time to hang, you know, always good, good to get a chance to, to, to sit down and, and, and I think it's important to have these conversations, you know, what this podcast is doing, uh, is, is I think, uh, uh, a great connector for all the things that you and I have ever done together. Absolutely. Um, and bringing, the people that we've worked with that you work with onto a platform like this, where we can have some of these, you know, let's, let's pull the curtain back a little bit and have a conversation. Let's go. Yeah. Let's I think go. that's important. Yeah. Well, um, I'm excited for the new year of, uh, 2022 and, um, dude, everybody should be, it's a great yeah. time to be alive. It's a great time to be, um, to be on, on earth, man. It's a, it's just a good time. So, um, I think it's a good place to bring it home. I think it's a good place to bring it home. <laughs> thanks again, folks. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in to another episode of The Hit Streak. Um, once again, I'm your man, Nick Hyder. God bless. <laughs>